Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. All right, everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot hey. and Johnson. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess that's that's appropriate. So West Virginia in their first game of the season drops one to Maryland, 30 to 24 boys and um scooty i'll let you go first because i know you're like all cranked up about this is this the team you expected to see play on saturday uh this is the team i expected to play and i believe if we play back to can you play back the tape from last week you did pick i believe i did pick this result and i think i picked a pretty close score i don't remember exactly the score i picked but i said i think it was going to be 30 20 something there so um i'm not surprised I feel like a lot of people are surprised. I feel like a lot of people feel the wind has been taken out of their sail. Uh, I felt like that I didn't have much wind in my sail to begin with. <laughs> well, right. I mean, you can't lose wind in your sail when there's no wind already, when you're already sitting right. in a, a quiet pond. So so I, I wasn't, I can't say that I'm like, I think there's a lot of people on, on social media, Twitter, Facebook that are angry. I'm not angry. I'm like, what did you think we were going to get? What? How is this any different than what? I mean, what are you watching that makes you think that this is so much different than, than, than what your expectations were? Well, Johnson, I'll, I'll say this. I came out with uh, the hope and expectation on Saturday morning that we were going to see a completely different Jarrett Dagey, that we were going to see uh, a Jarrett Dagey that would maybe, you know, connect on 70, 75% of his passes and, you know, throw 325 or 350 against Maryland. That's not what we saw at all. We saw a Jarrett Dagey that completed 24 out of 40 passes and only had 277 yards, one TD, two interceptions and just I don't know it's not there is it Johnson yeah and I think just maybe to piggyback on what Scoot was saying for a second before we go there I, I I feel the same way like I you know I like Scoot I picked this to be a loss I just didn't feel good about it and Guido if you remember in our pregame you know we were talking too about I, I was worried about an athletic quarterback talented receivers and questions in what is probably going to be an improving secondary for WVU, but still has a lot to figure out. And I feel like that's just like, we just watched that happen on Saturday. I thought, uh, Talia Tagovailoa, not Tua coincidentally as ESPN, yep. you know, wanted it to be Tua apparently all game. Um, you know, he goes for three nineteen and three touchdowns and that's exactly what I was worried about. And I thought, um, on the offensive side of the ball, I was tweeting with someone earlier. And I, so I, I kind of told JM Kreitz that on Twitter. Like, I feel like we, sh you know, he was saying, how are we feeling? I feel like we showed up and we sort of watched what I was afraid we were going to watch. I think Guido, to answer your question on the offensive side, you know, the other frustrating thing to me was if you, I was just tweeting with someone this morning, if you go and you, you kind of think back, like, did the did the defense give up 30 points? Yes, they certainly did. It was not a gem of a defensive performance, but for a long period of time, I think from like 53 seconds left in the first quarter all the way until the waning, maybe six minutes left in the third, they held Maryland to like, I think, 34 yards, two field goals. Um, 
you know, the offense really should have taken advantage and they just felt like they were stuck in neutral for big portions of this game. Jarrett Deggie looked like I made the comment to Scoot. He continues for a guy that's really in, let's face it, season three. He continues to make decisions and look like he's constantly in a panic, like he's never played the position before. And I, so I found that frustrating. And honestly, Guido, when they went up, you know, when we had the next lapse of a long, uh, a long pass from Talia for a score that put Maryland up 30 to 21, really, I was sitting there watching the game thinking, you know, really that should have probably been tying the game at 30 really. Uh, I mean, WVU had plenty of opportunity. I mean, kick three field goals, you know, in that span of time or something. I don't know. Just give us something. Um, When they went up 30 to 21, then it felt really like desperation because then, you know, you felt like I don't not only can we not get make up that deficit. I don't know that we can we can score again regardless. So it was it was just really frustrating. But I'm I'm kind of like Scoot. I mean, for the people that are kind of losing their minds, you know, waking up Sunday and today and just losing their minds. I'm not really sure what you what you thought you were going to see. I mean, I, I really feel like I watched what I was afraid I was going to be watching. Well, and I think, you know, and, and this is and I, every school is this way, but I think the hype out of camp uh, from the school, from the coaching staff, and I know it's to build everybody up, but like, you know, you were hearing, well, Daggy's better, most improved, and all of these things. And I think that it it was the Jarrett Daggy that we saw last year. And and Johnson, to go back on what you said about quarterbacking, he this is this is his what, fifth year of being a division one quarterback playing in division one. Like he did what, two years of bowling right. green? If and you, then, yeah, if you take his whole body then, of work, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And so, I mean, the, the problem I have is, is you know, Scooty, we saw on Twitter all weekend after the game, you know, it's time for Garrett Green, hashtag whatever, start green. There were a couple of those out there. I don't, I just don't know if that's the answer. Do you think that, I mean, do you, do you, is it, do we jump to that conclusion already? Well, okay. So for me, I'm, I'm a little miffed, I think, because if I'm, if I'm upset about anything, it's that. We went into this fall camp with three quarterbacks on the roster. So I think actually we have uh, yeah, like four, four or five, five but really. Yeah. But three, if you think of Garrett Green, you think of Will Crowder right. and Jarrett Dagey. Jarrett Dagey, the last time we saw him was pulled from a game in the bowl game. And we go into the spring and fall, and it's not even a, it's not even a competition. Like, there's no competition right. whatsoever. It's just Jared Deggie's back on the job. And I think that that's something that, for me, how are we just going to give this guy another – not that I'm against giving people second chances, but we're not even going to make it a competition. Yeah, we're not even going to – Can I just add something while you're – don't lose your thoughts, c- continue on. But, like, you know, we're pointing to that bowl game and him getting yanked. But I think what people just, I don't know, conveniently forget don't you think too like that benching in the bowl game was sort of the culmination of a level of frustration that had been growing through like the Iowa State game the end of last season so I think just pointing to that it's the same feeling I have for there's a lot of people on Twitter now uh and again I want you to finish but just saying like hey it's one game you can't yank the guy after one game it's kind of like Guido saying like man come on you're you're really giving that guy the benefit of the doubt if you're ignoring the body of work that we've been getting frustrated with. If I'm Austin Kendall, I'm like, Hey man, you, 
you benched me for seemingly a lot less, you know, like what, right. but we just continue to just stick with this guy. I, I don't know. Well, and to say, and, and to go off on that too, the other thing I, I'm with you on now, I mean, and listen, yeah, I know I was a completely different Guido a week ago, but the other thing I'm with you on now is like last year, I felt like we as fans or, or and Jared Deggie had a lot to lean on with the fact that it was like, you know, we were drop you last year. Like we were dropping passes like crazy. I didn't feel like that was as much of a problem on Saturday against Maryland. I mean, there were a few drops, and there's always going to be a few drops, but a lot of those passes were either not catchable at the feet or throwaways, you know? There were lots of throwaways on Saturday. We had a lot of drops last year. Now, for me, I'm starting to think if I'm really a – I mean, I, I don't analyze pass after pass. I don't watch a lot of game film on strictly pass and catch. But now I wonder – if we were to go back and watch last year's passes and catches or attempts at catches, how many of those balls are thrown behind or underthrown or overthrown? And, right. and how many were true drops because the receiver, yeah, we say, oh, he's got to catch that ball. Well, yeah, he's got to catch that ball, but the quarterback's also got to throw that ball the right sure. way. So I'm, I'm wondering now, looking back, is it going to be the same emphasis that people were putting on the receivers as they are now starting to put it on Jared Deggie. Yeah, and I have I have two other things too, Scoot, to add on to that because you're – I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying. And if you remember, like, in our pre-show, you said a lot of this and we kind of kicked it around. I think now we're, we're leaning farther into that. I, I think too, though, since Saturday, Guido, I think – I mean, I'm not, like, going to try to be an apologist for QB1 here because I think that's where the problem lies. But I think the offensive line has to be happy that everyone's mad at Jared Deggie because they're not they're not talking about them at all. Like they're they're getting a bit of a free pass in this. I think I I was and I even said it last week, uh, and I wanna still feel this way, but you know, we were excited about Frazier is now in his second year. We bring over Nestor, we have Gamitter, you know, another year under his belt. I really thought um, this is going to be a strong suit for us, and it's going to help Letty power his way toward a really successful season. You know, we talked over under 1,500 yards, stuff like that last week. I Largely, I thought, I mean, now look, again, you know, Deggie's uh, decision-making throws off back feet, you know, panic decision. I'm not excusing any of that, but I'm also, I think it's reasonable if you, if you look at that. I mean, and now maybe, look, I don't know, maybe Maryland has a bit better of a defensive line that I'm giving them credit for. But especially, I thought run blocking was decent, but pass blocking, there was really never any pocket for him to step up into. It was often a three-step drop, and then he was flushed and running or looking for an outlet. So that doesn't sit well with me either, because I think we're going to play a whole lot better competition down the road. You're not going to see it next week at LIU, but I think when we get into conference, probably even Virginia Tech upcoming, that's a... That's an issue, and I think number so that's one. And then number two, if I'm Jared Parker, Scoot, like this whole thing, I, we didn't really talk about it Saturday, but I continue. I, we talked about it some last season on the text machine, but in three seasons now, like we run an RPO offense that is just P, right? <laughs> yes. Can we just say right. that? Like it's P. He's it's, never there is no, keeping the ball. Right. No. When's the last time you ever saw him? That he runs a wonderful. Uh, keep it on my hip, you know, like uh, whatever you call that. Fa- he does that to perfection. But no one in the entire city of College Park paid any attention to him after he like does the fakey thing. You know, Letty's got the ball. So like if you're Jared Parker, like 
help the guy out. Like what, why are we committed to this RPO offense that kind of just makes no sense? He's never kept it. And if he keeps it, he's not, you know, Scoot sends me this infuriating gif of highlight of Austin Kendall running for a 60 yard touchdown for Louisiana Tech. Jared Diggy won't run for 60 yards his entire career, right? So why are we doing this RPO thing? Which it's is so silly. Because in my mind, I thought, and this is not to like his personality, he's probably a great guy, I don't know. But I thought of Austin Kendall as kind of a stiff as a quarterback. Yeah, right. I was like, man, that guy doesn't move. Right. He doesn't move at all. And Mississippi State made him look like Barry Sanders on that yeah, play. Like, and then you've got Jarrett Deggy, who is practically a gargoyle back there. Right. Like, what the heck are we doing? <laughs> well, and like, in his defense, like, he's not comfortable doing that. You know, he obviously doesn't want to run. So, like, what are we doing? Well, like, and then and then maybe even more inexplicably, let's let's throw out a, a one-time wildcat. Yeah, let's go wildcat and send let's, him out well, in the wildcat. Let's put Letty Brown back there. I wonder what they're going to do. Is he, is Letty going to throw? Better dedicate a D-back yeah. to that. Is, is Letty going to throw the doing? ball? He yeah, throws the that ball made, all the time, doesn't he? Made no sense. So so for all of the dumping on Daigie we just did, is this is this problem? Is this is Saturday's game problem Daigie? Or is it offensive play calling and, uh, you know, that RPO and all of that? Well, I think it's both. I think I think for to be honest. Uh, but I'm just saying, say say we're not running an RPO, an RPO, and we, like giant quotes, air quotes. If we're not running an RPO, maybe Daggy's a better quarterback. Maybe if he's, you know, if he, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That might be a, that might be a stretch. I but feel like he just, threw downfield, uh, we're going to say maybe four times. Two of which were interceptions. One was an actual legit pass catch for over 15 yards, and then maybe the fourth one was an incomplete pass. Like, well, he had a couple. They had. A, I mean, again, there were a lot of yard. You know, yak, yak, lot of yak. In, in the game. You know, he, but yeah, there were a couple. It's it's a it's a 10, 10 yard slant. That's what we we do, or we throw in the. But flat. is that is that is that play calling though? Is that play calling? I mean, I've got to believe it is. If it's not, then Deggie's maybe a worse quarterback than we thought because he's now going to an audible. Because it doesn't feel like he's checking down. Like, it didn't feel on Saturday like he was checking down a lot. Like, Letty was running the flat, and he was a check down option a lot. But a lot of those passes seemed like they were who they were. Like, they, those were his A receivers. Yeah, well, you you know me, Guido. I don't like absolutes. I live in the gray, right? So I'm going to say, uh, to me, it's like it's like 70% Jared Deggie, 30% that you know uh, jared parker you know i i think it's i think they share it but and i say that because really we can kind of him and haul about different details but four turnovers killed us those two interceptions from deggy the first one i thought was just horrendous and in the situation horrendous like really really bad and that really is what kept maryland in the game uh, that last touchdown that they scored was off of off of that interception. You know, they went the other way um, and, and put a drive together. So to me, you know, I, I continue to be frustrated with the decision making I see. You know, there's there's times, you know, Scoot said it last week. It's such a he is such an enigma on when he decides to hang on to the ball like he has dipped his hand in Gorilla Glue and other times when he decides to fling it into double coverage, like oh, someone will get it. That backup tight end that's down there will catch it. That'll be no problem. It just that's infuriating to me. And then, like I said, from maybe a 30 percent, 
I don't know that I don't know that Jared Perger is always putting the offense in terrific positions. Like I taking the ball, scoot taking the ball out of Letty Brown's hands. Uh, now maybe I still Guido. I want to talk about something else. You know the ESPN was. Uh, I'm coming back, scoot. I promise. But like ESPN was having such a love affair with Maryland Saturday. They never revisited. I think Letty took a helmet to helmet, like a, I'm not saying a penalty helmet to helmet, but I think he took a helmet to helmet on that fumble. He was shaking. He grabbed his head immediately. You know, then we didn't really see him the rest of the game. But even before that, Scoot, I thought they took the ball out of his hands and that doesn't help Jared Deggy either. No, I, well, this is what I, I wonder. And I said this last week and I, I've seen some people bounce it around on Twitter and I will continue to ask the question, what is Neil Brown known for as a coach? Not not so much like, yes, I think he's a, a leader of men. I think he has good moral character. He's a guy, you you know, every parent wants this guy to be their head coach. But when it comes to You're style talking about of play, like the team, yeah, okay. Yeah, style of play. What, you know, what is he known for? I don't know that any of us really know. Uh, is he known for great defenses? Well, last year we had a pretty good defense, but I don't know that that's what we had the year before. Is that what he's known for? Uh, is he known for running offenses or passing offenses? We don't really know because partly because we've had, if he's known for passing offenses, we've got maybe two of the worst candidates here lately in the last couple of years to be leading that. But there's no identity. Like this is not where Holgerson, you knew you were going to get this, air raid offense you're gonna you know he kind of brought a little bit of juice a little bit of energy to the offensive side of things even with with coach Stu and rich rod you had coach Stu was kind of a follow-up to rich rod but you still had some sort of identity they were going to spread the spread the field you know they were going to see some more spread offense i'm not saying that every quarterback or every i'm I'm not saying that every coach has to be some sort of innovative football genius where they've got some sort of shtick that's their own but I think we need to have some sort of shtick like what what are we right now it's vanilla like it's it's pretty bland like it's not exciting football to watch yeah and I think too you could tell as the game went on and again I think Letty got shaken up and Scoot was I think something else Scoot that we should probably talk about is you made the comment, well, do we not have anyone else that can tote the rock? I mean, I apparently not. And I know Mathis was like a game time decision. Guido, I don't think we saw him all game. So, but you know, I think they, they had an opportunity to lean on, on Letty. They certainly did in the first half. Um, and that seemed to disappear in the second half. And then, and then everything you started to see like, uh, empty backfield that made me cringe. You know, you had like these other we're sets. Up. That, Why aren't we running the ball? I know it was one point we were up, but we were up. Run well, the ball. I, what I started to say though is, you could see as the game went on. I think Maryland sort of started to load the box and you know make it tougher for Letty. I think his his six and seven yard runs were becoming two and three yard runs, and I think they got scared and started to try to go back to like you know short passing slants stuff like that well and i think you're absolutely right in the fact that i don't think there was anybody else who could carry the ball because i mean i don't know where sparrow Sparrow? was yeah and i and and i think mathis was like you said i don't i think he was out i don't think they ever did they ever officially say that but that was a game time there were only two players that had rushing yards on the team on saturday that was letty brown he was 77 yards on 17 carries and jared daigie who was uh, four carries for two yards. So, 
And you're right. We heard a lot about Sparrow in the pregame. We talked about that last week. That he, would he even steal, you know, some role from from Mathis, and you wouldn't even know he was on the team Saturday. Hey, if you're not gonna run some, let's see Mark Rucker out there, friend of the show, Mark Rucker, put him in. I mean, Something. it's just yeah. I I was I was with you that it was odd, especially with you know the passing issues that there were then all of a sudden here after Letty kind of gets knocked around we start to get put in a position where nobody else is carrying the ball can I just say one other thing too by the end of Saturday because I watched the game with my dad you know we have a kind of a tradition of doing that every Saturday by Saturday night I felt like between that discussion and social media like I was treating Jarrett Daggy the same way that I think Harry Potter treated Voldemort like I just didn't want to hear the name anymore like like just refer to him as the quarterback who shall not be named because I'm just tired of hearing the name talking about it like I'm just so I'm so tired of it and now you've got everyone lit up on the Garrett Green bandwagon scoot and I think I'm just going to put this out there I think you better if you've been hashtag trust the climbing to this point well, you better get comfortable and really double down on your hashtag because there's no way now, like like it or not, it wouldn't be fair to Garrett Green. As much as I would love to see him and love to see his abilities, it seems so silly now. You've spent the entire offseason hitching your wagon and prepping with Jared Deggy. It seems like... Well, there's no I, competition. It, it seems, Why wasn't there a competition? Well, it, now it just seems like you're saying... If you suddenly just throw that throw that in the can after game one and go with a different quarterback, I find that hard to believe. I don't see them doing that. So no, I like, don't think so either. I, no. I don't think so I, either. I, don't, I think I don't they'll know, run. I don't think you should like get all out of sorts and bent out of shape calling for Garrett Green. I don't think it would be fair to Garrett Green, and I don't think it would be fair to the team that spent the whole time prepping with Daggy. Like you're not just gonna you're gonna have to just gut your way through this season, man, because this is where I'm we gonna are. say this. I don't know that Garrett Green is the answer. I don't know if Will Crowder is the answer. Like we didn't get to see any of them do anything, so Will Crowder could be a better option. I have no idea, but to automatically just because he's a year older, I guess is why people would think Garrett Green. But like I don't know. I mean, I, I think that we are gonna see Jarrett Dagey through at least three weeks. Um, we'll see him. He'll start next week. I think he'll start the Virginia Tech game. If Virginia Tech goes badly, I feel the pressure will be on Neil Brown to make a change. I don't know that Oklahoma is a great time to make a change, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think I could see a situation where we're in the Oklahoma game and he gets pulled in the Oklahoma game. No. Again, here's the thing. If you're if you're Neil Brown, and then I'll say this now, and I know Neil Brown doesn't listen to this show, but you if don't you're know that. Neil you Brown, do not know that. No, I don't know that. I don't know that. <laughs> I think he's I, a you big fan. Right. There's some GA that's listening to the show right now, but not fan. Neil Brown. No, here's the thing. Uh, if you're Neil Brown and you get to that point, you're not putting you're not putting Garrett Green up against Oklahoma. You're not going to put a kid in his first game or his first start. You're not going to put him in that situation because we're going to get pounded by Oklahoma. It would be totally unfair. It would be totally unfair, and and it would he might, he be could, very I mean, bad he to could get hurt. I mean, him. come on, man, you can't do that. To now, him. listen, what wouldn't it be an amazing story if we beat Oklahoma with a backup guy like that? It, it would like, be that would be like not, he'd be like listen, instant statue Sco- outside the stadium. Scoot, I know that I know that Johnson and I have an extra twenty five years on you in this game, but that's not how it works in West Virginia. Just to let you know, would so. they not make a statue <laughs> of him if they beat Oklahoma? In this first I mean, game? they probably would. <laughs> From backup to yeah. like starter but guido don't you don't you think with the garrett green thought i mean 
to me, you that's on the coaching staff. Like you you had a stuttering you had a sputtering engine finishing out last year to the point where you benched your guy in the bowl game against Army. Okay? Like Right. It that's wasn't about Georgia. As bad it as wasn't it gets. Then yeah. you looked right. off everybody. You looked off all other options in the offseason, committed to this guy. You now have laid a stinker in game one. Like, I know we're all mad and frustrated, but if you're the, like, that's on you, coaching staff. And we're now going to have to gut through this season with this guy as our quarterback. That's just what it is. And here's the nightmare scenario for uh, Gerard. 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 Uh, Air France is. Dead. We haven't done that this season yet. Uh, for Jared Parker and and for Neil Brown, here's the nightmare scenario for them. LIU's next week. You know, Jared Dagey comes out in the first half. Uh, uh, you know, they smoke LIU. We're up four touchdowns at halftime, and Garrett Green gets time in the second half and then looks good. That's where it becomes a problem because you're not starting. You're not going back. To Garrett Green to start, you right. know the Virginia you Tech game. Already... So now you've got the fans even more yeah. cranked up. If Garrett Green comes out and plays a quarter and a half of good football next week, they are in such a tough position with you know the WVU. The coaching staff is in a, such a tough position with this quarterback, uh, you know, issue that I don't know what the right I totally answer is. agree because you you should so have, so who put him in that issue though? Do you but think... Scoot, you should have been committing my thing my frustration now is you should have been committing to garrett green 100 you know like now you can't ha- now you can't have it doesn't this. have to be 50 50 but maybe right. 60 40 maybe 70 30 right right maybe you yeah, run it has some to packages. be what happened in 2019 it has to be exa- like for the only re- the only way to think about it from now is like what happened in 2019 which is austin kendall started until the oklahoma state game in, in the middle of november and then that then we never saw him again, and then it and then it became Jared Davis. Maybe you team, do you know, a uh, like, and I know these are not the same. Trust me, I 100 percent know this is not the same caliber. But maybe you do something with like, uh, remember Florida with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, where they kind of you had different packages where Garrett Green's more of a running quarterback. I'm going to assume he <laughs> I think is. The difference is the difference is Chris Leak and Tim Tebow at the time were both really good right. quarterbacks. I get, yeah, know, right. I get it. But Florida, I'm just saying so. different style wise, right? So if you're gonna if you're going to say that Jarrett Deggie is a pocket passer, and at this point I don't know if I'd call him that, but if we're going to say he's a pocket passer and Garrett Green is more of a uh, dual threat or a running quarterback, maybe you run a couple series with with Garrett Green to kind of sprinkle him in. But at this point, I don't know that you can even do that. You'd really have to start prepping that right now. You know what I mean? You have to start prepping that. Here's the honest truth, boys. Put your comfy pants on. Grab yourself a cold beverage out of the fridge. It's going to be a yeah, long I, season I totally of us agree. having to have this conversation. It's totally you know agree. we're all going to be happy next week after we beat LIU, but it's going to be every week, and then we're going to be. And I'm 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 at a point now after this Maryland game where you saw nothing happen that you know it's going to be all craziness. Hey, I don't want to say I told you so because we're not at that point yet. <laughs> we're not at that but, point yet. If we keep trotting out things the way we're trotting them out, Mr. Scooty here is looking like uh, Nostradamus when it comes to making season predictions. I stand by my five wins, and right now I'm looking pretty good. Yeah, you are looking pretty good. Something's got to change in order for me to not look good. Well, 
And and so let's so just to shift because there's a couple of good things I do want to talk about. There were good in the bad. There were good. I mean, yeah, there I, were. I think that you know Letty did not have the game we all hoped Letty would have. So hopefully that'll get turned around and he's healthy. Uh, Sam James Scooty, who last year was not your favorite guy, came out of witness protection. I know he did. He like where has he been? Five catches for sixty-five yards and a forty-yard long. I mean, that was a pretty good game for him. Yeah, uh, we were uh, we were on the text machine like Sam, Sam, like I'm like there you are, buddy. Where have you <laughs> well, been? And it felt like, uh, and I know I looked back at the stats and I even texted Johnson. I said, "Where's Isaiah Esdell? I feel like he's not." seeing the ball like I thought he played a pretty prominent role in that bowl game but all of a sudden Sam James is getting passed I was like what the heck is going on here um I still but it's another it's a it's another game where like we had so many people catching passes six different people caught passes yeah and I don't I feel like and I've said this I think in text Bryce Ford Wheaton feels strong to me like I feel like he's a strong receiver um big guy big target uh, Winston Wright kind of has that, I don't know, maybe like a Jock Sanders kind of feel for me. I mean, he's uh, he did really well in the return game, and then he, of course, botched a, a punt return, right? Was it, did he muff a punt? Yeah, he muffed a punt, which is unfortunate because otherwise he had a spectacular day, Guido. He ended up setting two, uh, two kick return records Saturday. He had... Um, you know, you might remember the previous total return yardage record Tavon set, uh, I think in 2011 against Kansas State with 199 yards. Uh, with this Saturday performance, Winston Wright goes for 217. He's the only WVU kick returner now to ever have over 200 yards returning. And on that kick return you're referencing, Scoot, where uh, I would just needle esdale could he not have gotten a little block there to get uh winston into the end zone uh he had that 98 yard return that ended up setting up a letty touchdown that was the longest non-scoring play now that wvu has ever had so a super i mean hats off to winston right i was excited he's now wearing number one it's harkens back to Tavon. like i in and guido i correct me but we saw that jet sweep you know, the old Tavon jet sweep, they ran that with Winston Wright. I saw it once. It seemed to work really well. It went for a big play. I don't think we ever saw it again the rest of the game. That's because it was too interesting. Yeah, yeah right. I guess uh, <laughs> too, that, get hey, that, that looks get too that interesting. Out of there. Right. That was fun. I don't mean, do that anymore. You only allowed to do stuff in the flat. Right. Come on. on the defensive side of the ball, even though he didn't show up huge in the stat sheet when you look at it, Akeem Mesador was kind of everywhere on on Saturday. Uh, he just he seemed to be in, you know, around or in on every play on the defensive side of things. I agree. And I'll say this. I, I think it's been first time we've probably seen him come close to his potential. Vandarius Cowan, uh, the former transfer from Alabama, like I thought he was pretty active on the defensive side of things, yeah, which he is was. good. He was. And Josh uh, Chandler Samito, he totally jacked a dude in the third quarter, had a huge hit on a Maryland uh, uh, ball carrier. So I, there were, like I said, did we give up 30 points? Yeah, but I thought there was a, you know, there was certainly a span there mid-game where I thought the defense settled down, played really good football. It's a shame the offense couldn't have taken more advantage. 
Yeah, Dante had a nice sack for 13 yards against Tunga Vailoa, and uh, Vendarius Cowan also had a sack for an eight-yard loss. I will say this. I think I know why the defense had a hard time uh, and gave up so many points against Maryland when we didn't expect it because they were prepared for the RPO, but they've only been going against our RPO versus Maryland's RPO. That's right. right. <laughs> where the quarterback actually, actually runs. does run, yeah. Yeah. So oh, I think wait, it might have runs been. that. Oh, wait, okay. is that how the RPO works? The quarterback might run the ball. Oh, that's how it works. Uh, Sean Mahone too. He had uh, nine solo tackles, so he had another one that you know he was all over the place too. Defense, I think, is there. Like, I I think that the defense is close. I I think that there, you know, secondary the first is still game, a work in progress. Well, and I think the problem is is the first game is always a tough game because you've all you've been doing is playing against each other for the past six eight months you know and so now you're actually playing against another team and on top of that you know this is why this is why a lot of teams start with those patsy teams you know uh like Tulane that almost beat Oklahoma uh because you know you want to have a like kind of a warm-up game and Maryland is a power five school. They are in the big 10 and Mike Loxley does look like he's starting to turn that team around. I mean, they definitely looked better than they've looked in seasons past, uh, you know? Well, and they, uh, I think I said this to you guys during the, I know he's not Tua, but Taulia, there's a little bit of energy behind him. There's a little bit of moxie about him. Like there's, there's something there that's, that's good. And I think it, He'd be a starting quarterback in in most Division One. Well, and Scoot, what was it the was it the first over the top strike for the first touchdown? You know, we kind of texted each other like, "Man, I'd love to have that." You know, yeah, like that like, was a great throw. A, down it was a field. super pretty pass called in stride. He was on the move. I mean, w- there are a lot of teams Beat that would the love defender. to have that. So yeah, I, like we don't. I mean, do he's that. he's a talented guy, and I think Guido. That's. You know, again, I I'm not trying to do a I told you so like Scoot said too, but that you know, I feel like I kind of just watched what I was afraid I'd be watching. Talented quarterback, talented receivers. I think our secondary is gonna be better, but they're a work in progress and Maryland took advantage of it. I, I thought otherwise the defense pretty much I mean, look, they gave up five hundred yards. Okay, so we need to do better than that. But the giant chunk of that three hundred plus came in came in the passing game and we were afraid that could happen. So I, I, they weren't bad to me. The game was there to be won. you know, had the offense been clicking a bit, we talked about it pregame. What was the over 56 and a half West Virginia really didn't hold up their end of the bargain. You know, they couldn't keep, right. they couldn't keep tacking on points. I think if they do, like I said, I think when Maryland goes up 30, 21 there, they probably should have been tying the game at 30. So I, I think the defense was was okay. I, I'm not bailing or panicking on the defense right now. So uh, tough loss again against Maryland. Um, I was the only one of the three of us that picked WVU to be, win this game, so that kind of makes me feel feel bad. We move on to LIU boys, Long Island University. Uh, I, I mean, again, shouldn't be much of a, a challenge. I think more about this game than anything else is, you know, what Jarrett Dagey can do to redeem himself, at least in the fans' eyes, you know, after after this What past happens week. if he's bad? I mean, I don't know what happens if he's bad. Because right now, if in the WVU Twitter, you know, social media sphere, if you're a fan and you follow all of the message boards and Twitter and all of that stuff, like it's it's very anti Jarrett Dagey right now. It's very anti trust the climb. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on the text machine back and forth. Like 
it, it, you know, and I think who was it? Smoking Musket or somebody said Johnson. It's time for us to stop talking about trusting the climb and seeing results. Yeah, and I think to me, like the people that are sort of given uh, Coach Brown heat. Like, I think that's silly talk. I think if you want to be frustrated with people, be frustrated with the quarterback position. Be frustrated with the offensive coordinator. But let's not get crazy here. I mean, I have a feeling we're angry, we're anxious, we're upset. Can you imagine what Coach Brown is doing? He's probably, you know, I mean, as soon as that game ended, he was probably already trying to figure out what adjustments. Of course he was. So, like, let's not get crazy here. Well, and when you have guys like Bob Herzl, you know, media, West Virginia media guys who are out there saying things. Bob Herzl said, Deggy looking a lot like the quarterback that we saw get benched against Army. Yeah. How far does Brown go with right. this? I mean, so he's hearing point. it. Like, yeah. it's not just like us crazy, you know, keyboard jockeys that are doing it i mean he's like the legitimate west virginia sports media people not that we're not legitimate i mean scoot's really legitimate but you know people who actually have uh you know those little passes that get them into the games to watch for free and write stories about them are complaining about the quarterback well and i said to you guys and i'll say this on air here the slogan trust the climb if you really think about it is code for we're not going to be very good right now. So in a couple of years, stick with us because we'll be good then. Right. Like, so to yeah. expect them to be very good right now, when our motto is trust the climb, you're saying we're not there yet. Right. We're not, we're not close. I don't know what point it changes to like, we're at the top. I don't know what you changed the well, motto to. I think to. it goes back to Guido's brought it up before, you know, you start to say, well, this is year three, you know, like how long is, how how long's the climb, Scoot? How many years does right. it take? I mean, to get to like, the, so I, I think people get antsy, and they also look at. You see a lot of people on on the on the Twitter. Um, they look at Troy and they look at his trajectory at Troy. In year three, they made a big step at Troy. I think people were excited to maybe see that here at WVU. I, again, I think Guido, if if you're going to put heat on the coaching staff, put heat on them because they've they're starting to look stubborn in this commitment to Jared Daggy. But, but at the same time, Scoot, I think they probably know they don't have an alternative. So I, they're in a, it's like Guido said, they're in a tough, they're in a tough spot because yeah, they're committed, but they're kind of committed because it probably feels like they don't have a whole lot of other this, choice. This is a question maybe for another show, but how much of the transfer portal has that changed people's expectations of things? In the sense that we see transfer portal, players moving constantly. I think I've seen on Twitter, like, why couldn't Neil Brown have looked for a transfer quarterback right. in the offseason? Right. You as know, soon we as lost, that Army what did we game lose? went final, why weren't we 22, looking for... I think we lost 22 guys. Now, granted, not all of them did land in great spots. Right, but it was a chunk. But yeah. we lost a bunch of guys. How come we weren't bringing in a bunch of guys? It doesn't feel like we brought in a ton of transfers. No, we brought I know. in, you know, handful. Right. Yeah, and I think so, we do, we yeah. should we should really kind of explore your I think you bring up an intriguing thing because you know, Scoot said, "Well, what if Deggy comes out against LIU and he he just doesn't look very good?" Well, I would also add like, "What if Garrett Green comes out and he looks really good?" Like I LI, right. LIU seems like one of these games where you you can't learn a lot. I mean, I know no. people want to learn a lot, but if we're being honest with ourselves, you don't really learn anything from, you know, Eastern Washington, you know, these type of LIU, these games. But does it make the conversation 
even harder and does it froth it up even more if Garrett Green comes out and he has, has a to. really solid, you know, it whatever to. amount of snaps he gets, if they're really solid, what then and what? Maybe unjustifiably it will, but out in social media, it'll be crazy. It'll set it. It'll, it'll, it'll it, add more gas to the fire, right? It'll, but it'll, I think the problem is, and, and here's, and here's my only uh, thing I'll say about it, which is, I, he, he could come out and look good in it. He could come out and play a great second half or whatever he may get for snaps. But I don't think Garrett Green can beat Virginia Tech. I just don't – I mean, I don't think – I'm not sure that's – that is set – that system is in place yet, if that makes sense. Like, usually you spend your whole offseason – and granted, a quarterback's got to learn whatever system's in place, but usually you also spend your offseason catering your system to your quarterback. Right. You should have already been we haven't doing, done that with Garrett Deggie. I totally agree. You should have already – that's what and I Apparently, mean. we're not really doing a good job of it with Garrett Deggie because <laughs> <laughs> there's no R in the RPO. All oh right, so God. anyways, let's let's move on. LIU, we play them Saturday. It's on ESPN Plus at a very strange 5 o'clock Yeah, it is kick, weird. Yeah. 5.05 kickoff on ESPN Plus. The game is in Morgantown, obviously, at Mountaineer Field. Other football news I want to talk about, guys, and mention real quickly, but I don't want to sit on it too long, is it looks like, it's starting to look like Cincinnati, Houston, Central Florida, and BYU are all going to get offers to come to the Big 12. None of it is official, but it's definitely pointing in that direction. Yeah, and and maybe this month, if you read, uh, who was it, uh, Barry Trammell's article, I think, or Brett Thamel, I can't remember which one we were we were hooking to, but I think they were saying that those offers could come by maybe even by the end of the month. So, Scoot, whether you like it or not. Brett McMurphy said that. I mean, so here's the question I have for you. It's a real simple question. I've seen it on Twitter. Is that, so with what we're losing and what we're gaining – is that better than the Pac-12 or ACC? The Pac-12 or the ACC? Yeah. Uh, and I, and don't and okay. And let me let me put it. Th- let me go. I just want to preface it by saying, don't think about just those rivals and those teams you want to play. Also, think about like strength of conference. Like, is that conference stronger than no. the Pac-12 or no. the ACC? I don't think so. Uh, for me. What's going to end up happening? We're going to add these four schools. Texas and Oklahoma are going to get to ride out early because there's going to be some mm-hmm. sort of loophole in the contract where they can leave. They won't have to pay anybody anything. Uh, so we'll we'll lose any kind of potential buyout from that. Now, granted, I don't know that I would have cared as much had we been joining another conference ourselves. But, I mean, nobody uh, – if you're excited to watch – BYU or Central Florida or like let's take away Dana Holgerson if Dana Holgerson isn't the coach at Houston are you excited to watch Houston play no nobody is no one's excited for that no one's excited Cincinnati okay they've got Luke Fickle he's going to be gone soon because he's not going to stay in Cincinnati now this helps him maybe stay a little bit longer because it's a maybe a little bit more of a I don't want to say legit conference but it's a stronger conference but no one's excited about that. I'm not excited about that. Great, Cincinnati's close. What would he do? Well, like, I, I'm not. I think I think play on the field. So I would answer this in two ways. I think performance on the field. I think this conference, as little as I want to see this, I think it actually is. It is just as competent as the Pac-12, for example. I, I really do think it is. I think what we need to find out, and I guess we are going to find out, is 
how valuable to TV watchers and TV contracts is this. But I think from a competition on the field, I mean, look what Washington number 20 Washington this weekend just lost to like Montana. Right. I mean, right. the Pac-12 is super weak. And I think you could make the the argument you know, we watched Alabama be worlds ahead of Miami. You know, people kind of point to Miami as one of the more exciting teams in the ACC. We saw North Carolina with maybe a super inflated ranking against Virginia Tech. So I, I, I think in this format, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think the competition is, is too far off, especially from the Pac-12. I think what will be interesting is to see how valuable people think it is from a TV contract standpoint. And I think that'll be the big the big question as well. We'll find out because I think it's, we're actually going to find some stuff out because usually during the season, all this chatter kind of pipes down a little bit. And it really kind of has kept going, at least for the Big 12, well, because I think the, the Big 12 is pushing it right now. And yes. that's why it's going. Right. What's bizarro to me is the way or the timing of all these leaks. Like it's like 935 on a Tuesday night. Some kind of tidbit comes out that so-and-so is going to be invited. Like, Who's leaking something at night? These conferences aren't leaking things at 9.35 at night on a Tuesday. Like, they're not at work. They're home. They're eating their dinner. They're, like, so it's just bizarre that, like, some I of mean, this you're, information. You're home eating your dinner. I mean, some people I might have to work a European, I live a European <laughs> style, <laughs> lifestyle. I like to dine it's late. Oh, so we'll find out. We'll keep an eye on it. Other really quick other West Virginia things. Congratulations to West Virginia University women's volleyball coach Reed Sunahara. Gets his 400th career win as a head coach. So awesome for him. That's great. And, um, hey, men's soccer looking good. Uh, former Mountain East coach right there, right, Scooty? That's uh, head coach of uh, men's soccer. Dan Stratford, former, former WVU player. Dan Stratford, he uh, – Beat two ranked teams, Penn yeah. State and Pitt, right. in the same in the last week. week or so. Pretty amazing. In the same, all in the same week. So that's pretty awesome. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break and come back with the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday-carrying knives. If you go to VortechKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday-carry knives. Vortech Knives. Everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On Guido along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, you can find us on the social medias. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. And you can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Got Your Ears On. Hey, guys, it's time for the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. There's no game show on another podcast that is as popular as ours just so you know. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. And Scoot, you won last week. You uh, you knew more by, like, miles. Like, you, like, smoked Johnson. My hometown. About, do, do, uh, about do. the 2020. My hometown. I went two weeks ago. I thought I was thinking yeah, you that, thinking, too. You're still, you're still thinking that. You are on no, a two-week run, though. You yeah. are on a two-week run. You, uh, you won last week about the 2020 team, and you now lead 9-8. to eight. Guido. What? Bottom line. Bottom line. 
I know things. I know things. You know things. Johnson knows nothing. I know things. Okay, all right. Well, you, 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 we'll find out. Johnson won last season. I mean, I'm just saying, Johnson won Bluff the Fluffs He's last gotten dumber. Year. He's gotten a lot <laughs> dumber in the last year. Uh, well, this week, guys, uh, I kind of wanted to, you know, do a little bit of game prep while mixed in because, you know, we got to do game prep even for these teams that we know nothing about. So this week we're going to do some bluff the fluffs about the Long Island University Crows. Sharks. Oh, sharks. <laughs> oh sharks. man. Okay. This could be tough. This could be tough. So, uh, so keep in mind on bluff the fluffs, a correct answer is worth five points. A steal is worth 10 points and final bluff is worth 25 points. Before we started, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin, and Johnson, you get to go first this week. All right, let's kick it off. All right, here we go. Long Island University only became the Sharks in 2019 when they left Division II NCAA and went to FBS, or FCS, excuse me. What did their mascot used to be before they were the Sharks? Were they the Crows, the Pioneers, the oysters or the fishermen? Huh. Um, Crows is a bit of a curveball because I can't decide if Scoot actually like had some insight to that or just made that up. Um, Long Island oysters feels like a bad mascot. Uh, <laughs> stupid glamour. Yeah, right. Man. I mean, um, <laughs> it reminds me of you know, like it would have like a guy that looks like the K State Wildcat with the arms and legs, but the big cat head would be like a big shell or something. I'm gonna yeah. go. I, I'm gonna go with fisherman. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It is not the Long Island fisherman Scooty. Uh, is it the crows, the pioneers, or the oysters? I'm gonna say it's the oysters. I'm sorry, that is also incorrect. Is it the crows? Was I right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's, it was the pioneers. Oh, okay. The post pioneers is what they used to be called. The Long Island pioneers. Uh, they got that name in 1957, and then uh, became the Sharks. They really swung and missed on the mascots. They should have gone with the crows. I hadn't realized. Uh, you know, we talk about playing Long Island. I hadn't realized they were D two until three years ago. They were a D two yes. team until three years ago. Yes. Their first their first year was 2019 in the FCS. And they went 0-16 in their first oh, season. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. So just to, just to kind of let you know on that. Okay. So uh, con nobody gets any points there. So no congratulations go around. Scooty, this next question is to you. So Long Island University Post and Long Island University Brooklyn were two separate schools that combined in 2019 to allow them to go to the FCS. Now that they are combined, how many students are totally enrolled in Long Island University. Is it 32,000, 8,000, 15,000, or 25,000? I'm going to go on the small side. I'm going to go 8,000 students. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It is not 8,000. So Long Island University, Brooklyn, and Long Island University post-combined Johnson in their total enrollment now is 32,000. 15,000 or 25,000? I was also leaning on the small side, so I'm going to stay with 15,000. That's correct. 15,000. The Brooklyn campus has 12,000, and the Brookville, the post campus, has 3,000. Now, there you go. That's uh, Shark Shark Nation, Scoot. Shark That's Nation right. right there. Sharknado. So, uh, congratulations, Johnson. You have a 10 to nothing lead. Sweet. And this next question is back to you. 
Before combining, Long Island University Brooklyn did play D1 basketball in the Northeastern Conference. What was their mascot? Okay. Was it the Crows, the Pigeons, the Blackbirds, or the Eagles? Hmm. Three fowl that seem like bad mascots and an eagle. I'm going to go with the Eagles. I'm sorry. Of course. That's incorrect. Scooty for 10 points in the steal. Blackbirds. Blackbirds. Give it to me. That is correct. It was the Long Island University Blackbirds. Hence my idea and... that they were the crows. I know what I'm talking about, people. <laughs> I knew there was some sort of crow connection. It's crow connection. <laughs> crow connection. That sounds like a farm podcast. <laughs> that sounds like a single, <laughs> like a farmer's only. The crow connection. That's where you go to meet uh, fellow some fowl. Weird, some weird farmer's <laughs> dating app. I met him on Crow Connection. <laughs> Congratulations, Scoot. You got 10 points right there in the steal, and you tie it up. And this next question is back to you. Since the year 2000, how many conferences has Long Island University played football in? Is it two, nine, three, or four? I'm going to say four. That's correct. Four conferences. They played in the Eastern Football Conference. They played in the Northeast 10 twice. They left the Northeast 10 and went to the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. Mm, They played in the PSAC. Yeah. And then they went back to the Northeast 10, and then now they play in the Northeast Conference, Northeastern Conference in the FCS. Do you really think they called it the PSAC? They do call it the PSAC. That's a rough acronym, right? I mean, it is. That's where Shepard plays now. All right, so Scoot gets five points and takes the lead 15 to 10 over Johnson. Johnson, this next question is to you. How many D1 FBS schools have the Long Island Sharks played in their school history? Is it zero, one, six, or 12? Hmm. I feel like... This is going to be a minimal amount of teams, right? They've only been here since 2019. I'm going to say one. That's correct. They have only played one other school in the FBS, and that was last week against FIU, So uh, where they lost 48 to 10. Oh, okay. So they... So uh, prior three years, they've ne- they only played a couple of SCS schools, never played another FBS school. Uh, these guys that are on this team, this Long Island team, yeah, are they excited about this, or do you think they're like, oh, great, this is just, this is not how I wanted my college career to start off, or or you know? Well, you have to think some of these guys probably were recruited to play D two football, and now they're playing Division one FCS football. So, I mean, I'm sure there's some excitement, but at the same time, you're like, how excited are you going to be after the first quarter when you're down 24 to zero or something? You're like, okay, here we go. No, I agree. But I would think to run out in front of a 60,000 seat stadium is still pretty sure, cool. That's pretty I mean, neat. even though they're all booing you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Johnson, you tied it up with that correct answer. It's now 15 tied. Uh, and Scooty, this last question before final bluff is for you. LIU plays their home games in Bethpage Federal Credit Union Stadium. Mm. What is the capacity of their home stadium? The Beth. Is it 2,500, 6,000, 
15,000 or 25,000? I'm going to say 15,000. Sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson, the Bethpage Federal Credit Union Stadium, what is its capacity? 2,500, 6,000, or 25,000? This is tough. I thought Scoot was right. I'm going to say the Beth seats 6,000 fans. That's correct. A 6,000-seat stadium with one 20-foot-wide press box at one inside of it is uh, where they play. So it's going to be kind of a, you know, a little bit different coming into 60,000 when you play in front of 6,000 usually, Scoot, I think. Scoot, I wonder if they I wonder if they have a CVS like at one end zone. Like, oh, like the, like like the like Dallas the, Baptist uh, yeah, what was that? stadium the, or whatever? Yeah. Maybe like a Walgreens in the corner? <laughs> It is, it is on their campus. The, the stadium is on their uh, campus. I'm going to say this. How many high school stadiums in West Virginia are bigger than that? That's a small stadium. It's yeah. a small stadium. Like I, maybe Wheeling, Wheeling Island Stadium. I don't know what they hold, but they've got to hold close to 6,000 people. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's uh, a little. Shoot. I would say there are several. I bet you there are several. that are. Uh, Parkersburg High now have both sides of the, I know the visiting side the i think their bleachers were condemned or something so they don't use that side but i would say if they were operable i would just <laughs> if they weren't condemned, <laughs> condemned. <laughs> i mean that's just how it is um but i would say there's a a lot of triple a schools in west virginia there's probably a bigger capacity i, I would mean say, even it, you've been to east west stadium in fairmont yeah. that's six thousand. so i mean that's they play in about the same size stadium that uh, wow. Fairmont Senior High School and, plays in. And Fairmont Senior and East Fairmont only have stands on one side of the field. Yeah. So could you imagine right. if they actually put stands on the other side? You could probably right. double that. All right. So here we are. Uh, final bluff time. Johnson has a five-point lead over Scooty. Or excuse me, a 10-point lead over Scooty. 25 to 15. But final bluff is worth 25 points. So winner takes all in a way. Every week we ask you guys to have buzzers for Final Bluff. Johnson, what's your buzzer this week? Sharks. And Scooty? Scooty goes with the crow sound. I like it. I love Committed the, uh, to love these little, crows. He's committed to the crows. I mean, maybe they'll change their name for you, Scoot. So I should. Uh, all right, so here we go. Final Bluff, you got a buzz in. 25 points goes to the winner. LIU competes nationally with some Big 12 schools like Baylor, Oklahoma State, TCU, in a non-NCAA sanctioned sport, what sport is it? Rugby, bass fishing, equestrian, or bowling? Sharks. Ah! I'm going to go with Johnson. I heard Johnson first on that one. Johnson for 25 points and the win. I'm going to go rugby. Sorry, that's incorrect. They compete nationally with some Big 12 schools, Scoot, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and TCU. Is it equestrian? bass fishing or bowling in the name of pete weber it's bowling give it to me <laughs> sorry that's incorrect the correct answer would have been equestrian they, they they compete in the ncea the national collegiate equestrian association and uh, also in it are oklahoma state and baylor and tcu and alabama a couple big schools are in there so well johnson congratulations you win 25 to 15 over scoot this week you know more about the long island university sharks Who knew, scoot I'm I'm up on LIU. Who knew? All right. We're all tied up nine apiece. And now we know more about the Sharks as we play them on Saturday. Yes. Thanks, Guido. And we, 
We still think we both we all three are still think uh, WVU is going to win that game. I feel confident. Okay, good. Scoot. I'm still on the fence, but I, I, I think I, I think it'll be close, but it'll be a win. They played Division Two football three years ago. So, all right. Well, listen. Let's take a break. We're going to come back with a segment that everybody loves. It's a segment called "I Can't Believe My Ears." So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio you'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. And hey, don't forget, check out our website. It's the hub of everything about us, right, Johnson? Hey, it is, Guido. It's uh, where we post all of our latest shows and blog form with all the links to show notes and things if you'd like to check it out yourself we also have the link to our merch store check that out and also you can hit the link to the latest uh tune in posting of the latest show right in the sidebar so check it out yeah check it out got your ears on.com i hear scooty is working on a new jared daggy shirt to sell on there. that's right uh, okay, so anyway, every every so often, we let Scooty go out on the internet and uh, find something that he finds amusing and we find sketchy. It's a little segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears. What do you got for us this week, Scoot? Well, uh, we've talked about this before, and I know you guys are big fast food lovers. Uh, okay. Oh, more food. All right. And uh, specifically, big McDonald's fast food lovers. Is that right, Guido? Okay. I mean, I don't, I know no. you go to McDonald's yeah, once a I week. I feel like this is a biopic on yourself, Scoot. Think yes. back to your childhood. I'm sure you loved all of the McDonald's characters. Yeah. Okay. okay sure. Yeah. You had Ronald. Okay. Yeah. Grimace. Grimace. Hamburglar. The Hamburglar. Right. Hamburglar. Okay. Yeah. Grimace. Let's go back to Grimace. Yeah. Big purple okay. blob guy. Yeah. Big what purple is he? blob thing. I don't know. And here's the thing. What does he, I don't know. It's kind of frightening. What's he supposed to Johnson, be? Johnson, what is Grimace? I mean, I think it probably arrived at a time late 70s where people were still experimenting with recreational drugs. And I'm sure Grimace was like something uh, like a fun idea someone had. He's like a purple teardrop, it looks yeah. like, doesn't he? It's like, And I mean, uh, the word Grimace is sort of like, meh, like, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a frown. I don't know. Maybe they were going for like an Eeyore vibe or something. What I, if I told you it was recently revealed that Grimace is actually a taste bud? A taste bud. A taste bud? A, a taste purple bud. taste bud. If you were to look <laughs> at images of your taste buds, you would find that they look like a big purple thing such as this. <laughs> what? Which I'm showing the fellas. Yes. He was okay. inspired by images of taste buds and papile. I don't know how to say that, but it looks like it's papile. <laughs> Could be <laughs> or, or Greek. What? Um, yeah. So he is a taste bud. Are we are we missing any McDonald's characters though? 
Like, did there was a hit... girl? Was there not a little girl? Let's. Uh, there has. Well, no, there were a lot. So there was Ron. Yeah, Bert, Birdie, the early bird. Oh right. You had, Birdie, Birdie the early bird. You had Captain Crook. I don't remember Captain. Oh, I do remember. I think I do remember Captain Crook. And then of course the one we forgot probably the most important one. I don't know how we forgot about this one. We forgot Mayor McCheese. Oh, oh Mayor, Mayor McCheese. McCheese had the giant like hamburger head and the tie. Yes. He was very formal. I have a question. Why did yes. Hamburglar never try to eat Mayor McCheese? Or steal him out of office or something? Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I mean I'm not really sure like so let's talk about these characters for a second. First of all, I get you're trying to appeal to kids, but do these really appeal to kids? Any of them? I mean, uh, I got to tell you, Mayor McCheese is kind of frightening looking. Any of them. Grimace? I mean, it it was a before internet time skewed, and we were easily entertained, I guess, and they were interesting. A ham burglar? He's wearing jail stripes? Well, what, <laughs> like, if, what if we had really known that we were interacting with a giant taste bug? Like, it's bizarre. Like, who wants to go to, you know, kids go to games and stuff, and the mascots will mess with them. Uh, my daughter, we went to a Pirates game, and the, the Pirate Parrot you know, put his beak on her head or whatever. That's like, if Grimace is coming at you, how are you feeling about that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right. Like, I don't like, yeah. Right. And then typically there's no set like national mascot. There is, I'm sure. But a lot of times these local McDonald's would put up like a renegade rogue looking concoction of a Ronald McDonald. And you're like, ah, that's not Ronald McDonald. That's not the Ronald McDonald. I see in those commercials. Who's this guy? Like it's a uh, it's a uh, a questionable substitute, typically for these mascots. Scoot, there was also Officer Big Mac. Do you remember so you Officer are, Big uh, Mac? No, very no, I do not. I don't remember that one. Guido, you said Captain Crook. Yep, he was the one who always brought the fillet of fish sandwich. Wasn't there a woman like a Wendy, but not Wendy's? No, there was Early no, Bird. I, I mean, early, you're thinking of Early, early Bird. Bird. Early, early Bird had like the. Had the hair or like Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, early bird was a girl, not right. a bird. Well, a female <laughs> bird. What do you want from me, Scoot? I'm just trying to describe the character. It's a female bird. Oh, it's a female bird. Yeah. It's not just a female. Right. She probably could have gotten uh, in on Crow Connection. And here's the thing. Again, as a child, I guess you don't put this together, but like early bird, you know, that was the whole idea of early bird was uh, going to push the chicken McNuggets and the egg sandwiches. Yeah. So she's like, she's like, hey, eat the eat. Eat, I'm a bird. Eat right. chicken. I, I, you know. I thought that maybe she appealed to the 65 and older crowd. Well, she was there to help promote <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, the breakfast menu. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure Gus and you know Irv. And, you know who was your favorite? Who was your favorite McDonald's character? Ooh, that's a tough question. Uh, I guess Grimace. I guess I wasn't really big into like, clowns. You, you're not a yeah. You weren't a Ronald guy. Not a Ronald. Speaking guy. of which, first ever Ronald McDonald, Willard Scott. Willard Scott just passed away last I week. I saw that sad news. Yeah, I mean, it'll never be the same. Well, unfortunately for Willard Scott, he did not get to wish himself 100th birthday, which would have been weird. But I mean, uh, it's uh, I don't know. I guess I guess Grimace. How about you, Johnson? Favorite I, McDonald's character? You know, I think after Guido brought him up, I think I go Mayor McCheese. Yeah, it's got to be Mayor McCheese. Mayor McCheese was the best. Yeah, come on. I mean, I guess I don't know. It's so bizarre. Uh, I do know somebody that got uh, in some legal trouble. Okay. For uh, 
cutting the hand off of a statue. Like a Ronald uh, McDonald statue? Yes, yes. Uh, and it, it did bring about some legal issues. It happened in college, a, a one, one college night. Um, he thought it best to remove the statues himself. I think he was going to try to display them somewhere else. And in the midst of his removal, he was uh, uh, apprehended by the authorities. Yeah, now that yes. you bring it up, um, and Guido, I don't know, maybe you saw this too, but I can remember when I was at WBU, multiple times in the student section, there was a guy that would come in. Apparently they had taken the, like, from the neck up off of a McDonald's statue somewhere and they had painted the red hair blue and then flying WVs on the side and he would wear it like a big headdress during the game in the student section. Now, I don't know how you get in the game with such a thing, but he was always there like late I mean late back, 90s. Then, back then we didn't have to walk through metal detectors right. yeah, I guess or it was, bag checks. Right. Like you remember, you used to walk in. They just like had all the gate as as wide as they could, just shove, and you just showed your student ID. You're not gonna hurt anybody with that big, gigantic right. uh, plaster head, are you? <laughs> right. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna hurt anybody. No, okay, go ahead, head on in. Right. Take take you in that six foot head and get in there. Right, right. In. Nothing ill could come of well, that. Go ahead. Well, Scoot, thanks for the McDonald's nostalgia. Yeah, we uh, we we appreciate, appreciate it. it Scoot. And, uh, this week, when you're picking up your Happy Meal, maybe you'll get a little Grimace toy in. And you'll think of your taste buds. That's right. Yes, and you'll think of your <laughs> From taste now buds. on, that's right. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Don't forget, we play the Long Island University. Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. Long Island University Sharks on Saturday at 5 p.m. That game is on ESPN+, Plus. so get your nickels out. you got to pay to watch it. It's a home opener, and uh, that game is at 5 p.m. It's a 5.05 kickoff, so be ready for that. And don't forget, find us online. You can look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears On. And you can also find us on Facebook and check out our website, gotyourearson.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.